Welcome to Equip This Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Desiree Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Good morning, everybody. Kia ora koutou. Nice to have you with us this morning on this Matariki weekend. Why don't you take a seat? Thank you, team. So good. Awesome. Um, I hope you've had some amazing time this weekend. You've been able to take a minute. Thank you, Ryan. Um, reflect. Spend some time with family and friends and come around some food. Um, Will is in India, as um, most of you are aware, and um, so my parents came down from Wellington for a few days to help with the running around. Let me tell you, it's a lot of running around. Can't wait till that oldest child has his license, but um, (laughs) we're excited. My mum and dad were here, and we got to do a lot of um, eating together and um, some memory making um, in the process, and so I hope that you have too. Um, over this weekend. Uh, We missed Will, but we will do some of that when he gets back. Um, June is a a miracle month, and um, we're focusing on the concept of everyday miracles and just that the miracles can be big or small or, you know, whatever they are, but they are real to you and real to me. And um, I just want to encourage us as a church this morning to be on the hunt for the miracle, to see what's out there, to walk into all that God has for us. And I guess um, I want to continue a a sort of a series I started by accident um, earlier in the month, just that the miracle is in your hands. And um, that was version one, and today we can call it version two. <laughs> the miracle is in your hands, version two this morning. Um, it's, it's my prayer that you'll be inspired and you'd be motivated and you'd be um, willing to um, open up your eyes to see the miracles that take place every single day as you journey with God, as you walk with God. That we wouldn't say that's too small to be considered a miracle, but rather we'd be eyes wide open. God, here's my heart, here's my hands, here's my life. Show off. Do what you can do, God. Turn up. Do a miracle the only way that you can. God will bust in on ordinary. When you are just living an ordinary, everyday life, God wants to bust in on that and cause something miraculous to erupt before your eyes. I've got three scriptures that I want to set the scene with today, and then three stories of um, ordinary people in the Bible that are going to encourage us to step into our ordinary days with our eyes wide open. Can I pray first? Mighty God, thank you for this opportunity this morning, and I pray that we would hear what you want to say. I pray that you would get all the glory, that your name would be made more famous as a result of what we hear, we ponder, and is revealed to us this morning. Speak, Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, The first scripture that I want to start with today is found in 1 Peter, um, verses 2. Chapter 2, verses 9 to 12, and I'm going to read something from the Message Translation. We're going to hop around a few different versions of the Bible this morning, and I'm starting with the Message. And it says here, You are the ones chosen by God, chosen for this high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him, to tell others of the night and day difference He made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. (laughs) Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. I love this scripture. I love reading it in all the different translations. And you might think, Desiree, that doesn't sound very ordinary. (laughs) high calling of priestly work, or chosen by God, holy people, instruments. But actually, 
We've been chosen by God and saved from rejected to accepted. There's something pretty miraculous in there. And if we could just live in that place, others will naturally see how good God is. And they'll be drawn into relationship with him. Less about what we say and more about how we're living. If we skip down a few verses, we read a bit more about how to live this way. So chapter 3, verses 8 to 9. Now this is the goal, to live in harmony with one another and demonstrate affectionate love, sympathy, and kindness towards other believers. Let humility describe who you are as you dearly love one another. Never retaliate when someone treats you wrongly, nor insult those who insult you, but instead respond by speaking a blessing over them, because a blessing is what God promised to give you. Those sound like qualities that we could all live on a daily basis. Things that are not outside of our reach. Things to demonstrate affectionate love, sympathy, kindness, humility towards others. I think they're within our grasp. I think they're things that we could put on on a daily basis. And then the third scripture to set the scene this morning, Romans 12 verse 1. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life and lay it down before God. You're sleeping, eating, going to walk, work, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. I sleep, I eat, I go to work. Do I bring it before God as an offering on a daily basis? Sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, ordinary days, there are miracles to be found in that place. You know, um, in version 1.0, if you want that, you have to go back and do it somehow on YouTube or whatever. But um, I talked about four people who, who wielded some pretty ordinary things and the impact and the miracles that came as a result of that. Things like a fishing net, a hammer, some flour, and a water bottle. And there were miracles in their hand as they just did their ordinary things. The stuff that they had access to, miracles erupted. And today I've got a couple of other stories, three more stories of ordinary people just doing what's in, in front of them to do, using what they've got at their disposal, and there's miracles that result. So my ordinary things this week are water, having a sleepover, and being a good friend. Water, having a sleepover, and being a good friend. Those things are within our grasp. <laughs> those things are things that we can do ordinary things that we can do on a daily basis and just watch what God wants to do when he busts in on your ordinary the first is serving up water and um Jace I thought you were going to steal my um my first point this morning during prayer and communion Jason led us this morning at 9 15 and um and he spoke from the same passage of scripture so I'm taking it as confirmation that God wants to say something to us this morning um, so John chapter 2, and this is actually Jesus' first miracle um, from his first time here on earth. And let me just read us some scripture. John chapter 2. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, just do whatever he tells you. 
Standing nearby were six stone water jars. They were used for Jewish ceremonial washing, and each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out, take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone's had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. You know, there's a lot of detail in there, and I probably don't need to add too much to this story for us to be able to gather what, what God, what Jesus, what we can learn in this moment. Um, it's important to understand this was Jesus' first public miracle, and he didn't even have all the disciples on side yet. <laughs> he was going rogue. <laughs> this is early days of Jesus' ministry. He goes to a wedding and he displays his glory with something pretty simple, pretty every day, pretty ordinary. And he does it quietly with the servants. Doesn't make this giant fanfare. Doesn't have trumpet sounding and ushering in this great new wine. Just does it quietly. Ordinary people with ordinary things showing the glory of God. He used the pots that were used for washing. Didn't ask for new, important vessels. Didn't say, I need something much more magnificent than this. What have you got? What have you got? What can we use? What do we have access to? And he uses water, which they had in abundance. Ordinary people and ordinary things, and a miracle takes place. You know, um, when I think about how could we apply this to our own lives, because I'm all about not just reading something like this and thinking, oh, that's all fine for them. I don't need water turned to wine. <laughs> no, what are some, how could we apply this to our lives? What are some actual application points we could take away? Here's one. Whenever you do something great, don't make a fuss about it. <laughs> if you're going to unpack the dishwasher, could you do it quietly? If you're going to serve someone else, if you're going to love, if you're going to give, if you're going to be present in someone else's world, could you just not make a huge fanfare? Da-da-da, here I am. No, turn up with your ordinariness. Turn up with the things that you're used to working with. Turn up with the water. Turn up with the ordinary pot that you use for washing. Turn up and let God do something miraculous with your ordinary. Maybe we could learn to be simple-hearted and simple-minded and act humbly. What about this, number two? Um, In your life, could you do the ordinary even if it doesn't seem enough? How often have you thought to yourself, surely that won't make a difference? How often have you diminished something or pushed something aside and not done it because it seemed way too easy or trivial or not special enough, not enough grandeur? Fill the water pots with water. Didn't ask for fancy vessels. Didn't need something special. You know, does being kind when you don't have to matter? Does forgiveness every single day make a difference? Does opening the door for somebody 
make a difference? Does saying thank you at the supermarket make a difference? Do ordinary things and do them well. (laughs) Nothing is too big or too small when Jesus is involved. I feel sometimes we diminish little and we need to go after all those little things that are within our reach. Who could you speak love to this week? Who could you just drop a coffee to this week? Who could you just, I don't know, give a phone call and encourage them this week? When was the last time you did a little thing and believed for a big miracle on the other side of it? Do ordinary. Um, Matthew Henry, I've got this quote that I want to put up because it's um, a lot. But Matthew Henry's like some commentary on the Bible. And sometimes when I'm trying to really understand a a passage of scripture, I'll dig down and read some commentaries about what other people have said about this passage. And um, this is what Matthew Henry's commentary says about this passage of scripture. Those that expect Christ's favors must with an implicit obedience observe his orders. The way of duty is the way to mercy. And Christ's methods must not be objected against. If you would like my commentary on this passage of Scripture, just for laughs, not going to write a book about it, do the ordinary and see the miracle. If you want to see miracles in your life, do the ordinary things that are in front of you to do. The stuff, the little things that sometimes we overlook. Turn up on time. (laughs) Love. Be kind, speak words of life, do ordinary things and watch miracles erupt. And do it with what you have. You don't need to find anything special. It's already within you. In that first scripture that I started with, we were reminded that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood called for this work in front of us. So you've already got everything that you need to see miracles erupting in your life. What's in your hand? What are you used to using? What are the things that you're comfortable doing? Use them. Do them. Do what you know how to do and believe that God's going to add his supernatural power to it. The word um, calling in Greek actually really just means shouting. (laughs) Okay, so quite literal. So what is shouting from your life that you could do more of and God would add to and a miracle might bust forth? What's your pot and your water? What are the ordinary things that you have access to day to day? Common gifts, talents, thinking, skills, anything. When it's served up to God, miraculous territory. Ordinary things can have a not ordinary impact. Could you let the Holy Spirit speak to you? in this moment. Don't dismiss it. What's that thing that you think, oh, that just, everyone does that. No, they don't. They really don't. Oh, doesn't everyone know how to, no. (laughs) You've been wired the way that you've been wired with the unique gifts and grace and talent and skills, the things that you have access to. Serve them up. Watch what God will do. So we've talked about the water and the water pot. What about having a sleepover? Um, You know, with this concept, what I really want to get to is the act of generosity. Just living your life in a way that serves some other people as well, that gives out of yourself, that goes a little bit beyond who you are. And I want to pick this up from 2 Kings in the Old Testament, chapter 4, verses 8 to 17. 
And this is the woman of Shunem. So one day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem, and a wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. And she said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. And then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. One day, Elisha returned to Shunem, and he went up to this upper room to rest. And he said to his servant Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem I want to speak to her. And when she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or the commander of the army? No, she replied, my family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? And he replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. Generosity. When you give and you expect nothing in return, God can do pretty amazing stuff with that (laughs) when we just give because it's in our nature to do so. Something amazing happens. Um, The dictionary definition of generosity is being kind, understanding, and not selfish. You know, this woman was wealthy, and she gave, gave from excess, so she had more than enough. But she was generous with her excess. And her kindness and her hospitality and her generosity facilitated the work of God in that season. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Miracles would have been happening on a daily basis because of her generosity that she gave this man of God a place to rest, to eat, to recover, to go on and do more of what God was asking him to do. She opened up her home. She prepared a bed. There was food, and she allowed him sleep. Ordinary things that I think we could all do. I can open up my home. I can prepare a room for people. I can have people for a meal. It's laced with kindness and generosity. That's what's going to make the difference. That's where the miracle's going to erupt. She even tried to refuse anything in return. I've got all I need. I'm good. But, you know, Proverbs 11.25 says that a generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. As you give, as you are generous, as you go about your daily life, opening up your home, opening up your life, making space for other people, God wants to bust in on that generosity. Miracles in that place. Things that you may not even get to see. Things that you may not even witness, but they're taking place as a result of your generosity. You know, a couple of years later, we read that actually the son died suddenly um, in the Bible. And um, the woman, she saddles a donkey and she heads off to find Elisha. She doesn't panic. She doesn't even tell her husband what's wrong. She just goes, it's well, everything's okay. And then she finds Elisha and she will not leave him until he comes back and brings healing to her son. Pretty amazing. She knew where to go when she needed the miracle in her life, as a result of her generosity, the relationship that she'd forged, the giving that she had done, there was room for a miracle. 
just do ordinary things. Even when it doesn't seem like it's groundbreaking and miraculous. Make the bed. <laughs> Prepare some food. Have people over. Be generous with your life and watch what God wants to do. And my third and my final thought for today is to be a good friend. The world is a pretty lonely and isolated place. Could we work harder at friendship? Could we work harder at being true friends with people that we cross paths with? Not just quick hellos, but real friendship, going a little bit deeper. You know, I was having a conversation with someone in the foyer this morning and we were talking about balance and life and you know, fitting everything in. And like friendship takes time. It takes effort, it takes energy, it takes priority. And there are a number of great friendships in the Bible. David and Jonathan, Esther and Mordecai, Paul and Timothy. Relationships and friendships that actually made both parts better. It wasn't just one part benefiting, but both parts benefit. And I love Paul's instruction on friendship um, in the book of Philippians. Philippians 2, verses 1 to 4 in the message. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. (laughs) Agree with each other, love each other, and be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. I love this writing. I love the concept of being deep-spirited friends. Um, Paul was a Roman citizen, and, you know, he had this Damascus road encounter with Jesus. Before that, there was persecution. He just lived his life persecuting other Christians. But after the Damascus road encounter, his moment with Jesus, he was radically transformed, and he does a complete 180 and heads in the opposite direction where he becomes an apostle, when he spreads the word of God. He's a missionary who goes on trips. He was a miracle worker, seeing healings erupt everywhere that he went. He was a phenomenal leader, equipping others to lead when he wasn't there. And he wrote most of the New Testament. But he actually didn't do it alone. Whenever you read Paul's letters and other things, are full of people full of friendships, people that he bumped into and did life with along the way. He wasn't like, I'm so great. Look at all the things I've done. He was like, hey, Timothy and I have been here, and -and so-and-so and I have been there. And um, he walked with other people. He was relationally wealthy. He prioritized friendship. He traveled with friends. He stayed with friends. He sang with friends. He was arrested with friends. (laughs) Did it all with friends. (laughs) He was beaten with friends. He encouraged friends, and he was encouraged by friends. At times, he disagreed with his friends, and at times, he reconciled with his friends. You know, at many points and and junctures in my own life, it has been friends that have put me back on my feet, friends that climbed into bed with me when I didn't want to get out. Just said, it's okay, but it's awful, but it's okay, but it's awful. (laughs) Don't have all the answers. Friends. Or another time when I, um, I'd reached kind of a juncture in my, in my career, and my working life, and I thought, wow, there's no way back from this. And a friend would just, who didn't live in the same city would just ring me on a weekly basis. She'd be like, I don't have any answers for your kind of work, <laughs> but I'm here for you. I'm just going to ring you and get in the mess with you. I don't have any solutions. 
I just want you to know that I'm your friend right now. One of Paul's friends was Epaphrodites. And um, listen to how Paul describes him. Philippians 2, 25 to 30. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphrodites back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. I'm sending him because he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that, he, that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I'm all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you'll be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy, and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. True brother, co-worker, fellow soldier. Epaphrodites came to Paul's aid when he was in, on house arrest in prison, when he wouldn't have been able to have access to food or water or anything, medical anything. And Epaphrodites came with gifts. He came with his presence. He came with his abilities, his hands. He came to help. And he was a minister to Paul's needs in that moment. And he was a friend. He got in the muck. He joined him in that place, and he became really ill while he was doing it. I'm not suggesting that, but I'm just saying he gave it all in that moment. I wonder if there's a new level that we could go to in our friendships where we truly care for people, love them, where we're friends with them, where we hop in to the mess, the good, the bad, and the ugly, where we speak life and encouragement. In the Bible, it tells us that if we love others, it's proof that we've crossed over from death to life. Could our lives be marked by love? Could we be ones who just love fiercely to other people? Speaking beautiful gifts of encouragement and words of life into other people's worlds. Um, In the book of Ephesians, in chapter 2, it says, Hey, never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Lay aside bitter words and temper tantrums and revenge and profanity and insults. But instead, be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. I don't know about you, but I like being a good friend and I like having good friends. And I wonder if there's something we could learn, just this ordinary skill of friendship, that miracles could start erupting in other people's lives. Just because we've been kind, we spoke a word of life. Instead of having a temper tantrum in that moment, we went in with love. We went in with forgiveness. Um, A couple of stories in my own life. Um, In London, I had this, wonderful friend called Julie, and um, we met, actually Will met Jeff and Julie um, first, and he came home, I hadn't gone out with them that night, and he came home and he said, oh, Desiree, I've I've met a girl that you should be friends with, and I was like, you are weird, gosh, I can make my own friends, I'm a grown up, anyway, I was like, okay, fine, fine, I'll meet her, (laughs) fine, 
Um, and I met her and we went out for dinner. We had a date, a friendship date. Not awkward at all. And, um, but you know what? That was the beginning of a five-year phenomenal friendship. We're still friends now, but there was a depth of it when we lived near each other, walking distance. We lived in the same apartment block. And where she would just speak words of life that truly were like food to my soul. Um, every Saturday we would go and do a gym class and then we'd go out for food afterwards. And um, it's a really great combo, okay? <laughs> and we'd sit there and we would just talk. And we would talk about things that really mattered and things that didn't matter. And we'd just do life. And we just were encouraging and life-giving to one another. Sometimes you have to put aside like that awkward initial stuff so you can get to the gold and you can truly be in someone's life. She um, pointed me to Jesus over and over again. She was a good friend, really great friend. And then um, more recently, I had a phone call from someone and, and they just said, hey, like someone I've known for a really long time, I just need to dump my brain. Can you listen? Could you just not give me too many answers, not too many solutions, but could you just listen? I just need to dump my brain. So I was like, absolutely, go. I want to hear it. I want to hear it all. Sometimes we just need to be a receiving place, like a safe place that people can come to and just say what they need to say without judgment, without fear, without it changing their relationship in any way, just to be a safe place for them to land. And at the end of that um, conversation, I got to pray with her and speak life and just declare something that she hadn't thought about yet. You know, when you're so in something, you can't necessarily see the way out. Man, maybe that was the miracle of friendship in that moment. Just a solution, a strategy, because there was time and kind words in a moment. You know, we can be anything we want to be today. Why don't we be kind? Why don't we be a good friend? Why don't we do that simple thing that's in front of us to do? Just do life with other people well. Be a safe place. Be a good friend. Ordinary days, ordinary things, miracles in that place. You know, um, I love to, to challenge and to um, make sure that something that we've pondered on with God in the morning or in the evening um, applies and that there's something we can take away. Because I don't want you to go, oh, that was nice and my heart feels a bit warm and fuzzy. What I actually want is for God to have ministered to your soul, touched you on the inside right now where you can't live the same as a result of what He's speaking to you this morning. And so I wonder if, the, if you would accept the challenge that I want to give you right now, that over this next week, could you make a list of the ordinary things that you have access to? And could you say, here are my ordinary days, God. I'm offering them up to you. Could you do a miracle? Or will you open my eyes to see the miracle that you want to do? I think you'll be really, really surprised what happens over the next seven days. Could you pray, God, here are my hands. Here's my day. Could you intersect it with your providence, with your character, with your love, with your hand? Could you take my ordinary vessel? and use it for something pretty miraculous. Maybe I will just be giving someone a glass of water, but this miraculous provision will take place in their life. Maybe I will just make up a bed or make a meal for somebody, 
but that was the turning point where there was miraculous healing that came into their world. Maybe if I just spoke words of kindness, the atmosphere at work would shift or the atmosphere at my home or in my classroom. Ordinary things, but a not ordinary God. I can do ordinary. We can leave miracles to Him. But will we bring ordinary? Will we just bring it before Him? Offer it up. Have your way, God. Do what only you can do. I believe in your power and your presence and your grace. What's in your hand? If you do the ordinary, I think you'll see the miracle. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.